Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're everywhere, not just iTunes, also Podbean, which is both platforms, whether it's Apple or Android. Also the same for Spotify. Also, you can check out... Every night, 7 to 8 p.m., we're on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app, search for Nothing But Net. Again, you'll find us there every day at 7 p.m. And I'll be back on Onside Radio on Monday at 10 a.m. for my two-hour show on all things South Florida sports. Also, check out the latest from Brady Hawk. He has actually two new pieces up there today on FiveReasonSports.com. We do not have a paywall there. It's got a piece about Kendrick Nunn's performance against the Lakers, something we're going to talk about a little bit here, and also about Bam Adebayo's defense on LeBron James and how Bam helped, how Bam held him to two of eight shooting in an overall seven of 21 performance for LeBron. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including our friends over at BestEver.com. Now, again, it's BST evr.com bstevr.com we're going to be running some simulations on there you can check them out on our youtube channel this is our sports simulation site that we partnered with they do nfl now but they're going to be adding nba so sign up now it's free again it's bstevr.com you want to see how the dolphins would have done with herbert this season as opposed to tua you can do that you want to play the current tampa team against a previous tom brady team from way back you want to swap out players you can do just about anything and not only can you simulate and i'll tell you who would have won what percentage of the time They'll also print out an entire game story for you. Um, They actually write one out. It's kind of amazing. I'm not sure how they do it. And then they have a box score. So in other words, if you have any kind of argument with a friend about the NFL, you can settle it on bstevr.com. That's for best ever sports. And again, get on now because we're going to start doing some of this stuff once they add NBA a little bit later in the spring. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Got the full crew tonight. Um, here's today's floor plan. We've got Alex Toledo. You can find him at Tropical Blanket. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We're in between birthdays right now. Greg, um, Saturday, right? Yes, Saturday, 39. So now Dwayne and I are aligned. Um, yeah. Father time is undefeated, yes. That's pretty, <laughs> that, that's pretty good. Alex, not 39. When is it, Tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow, but also celebrated last night. Uh, they threw me a surprise party, and I missed most of the game live. 
Yeah, both of you missed the game. So one of you was washed and one of you was distracted, basically, right? I mean, yeah, and we know which one is the washed one. It's the 39-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the 48-year-old stayed up for the entire game. But that's all right. Check out the, the post game from last night. I did it with Jonathan Ramakan. Also, check out our Five Reasons Skyforce crew. We've got a new crew under Royal Shepherd and Adam Barai. I don't know what they're doing. They're building a little fiefdom over on the YouTube channel. So make sure to check out that whole group. Um, again, you can find them on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. All right, let's get to it today, though. I want to talk about the win um, and what it signifies, but not to be overly negative here. But the one problem last night has been a consistent problem, and I didn't realize how bad a problem until I looked up the stats today which is that basically the Miami Heat are the worst clutch offense in the entire NBA right now. And that almost bit them again last night when they went through a lengthy scoring drought. They had to rely on their defense. And to a certain degree, they had to rely on the Lakers to miss open shots because Kuzma had an open shot late. Gasol had an open shot late. LeBron passed up a shot late. The Lakers had good looks. They didn't make them. So I don't want to take away credit from the Heat. Again, ESPN gave him no credit. They said that they beat the depleted Lakers on ESPN.com, not mentioning that Hero missed the second half. He's questionable for the next game against OKC uh, or that Dragic was out. But, of course, Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder are out, so that's all the Lakers uh, network ESPN cared about. Um, I don't want to take too much away from, from the Heat. But let's start here. Uh, first thing, for both of you guys, what is the significance of beating the Lakers on the road to get to 3-3 three and three on this trip? And where can they go from here? And then we'll get into the clutch problem. Well, it's a big win. I mean, uh, we, we went into this trip saying if you came home four and three, you were thrilled. And if you were three and four, you felt good about it. And as long as you didn't fall back in the standings any further, that it was a successful trip. And it looks like they're probably going to end up right, you know, falling in line with that projection that we kind of talked about before this trip. So it's been successful and to just get that game, you know, on national TV. And obviously you see, um, you know, a lot of uh, guys playing well um, it, it's significant, but ultimately the stuff that plagues this team, the offensive challenges are still there. Uh, and there's, you know, we're going to talk about how they can maybe solve some of the clutch stuff, but I think that it even transcends some of that. They're, they're just not a great offensive team yet. And, um, and they have to figure out a way to fix it. And I don't know that it's on the roster. Alex, how do you look at a trip that is now three and three? Um, I think as a baseline, a bunch of us said three, to, three and four or four and three, as long as you get to that, you go back home for a series of games, you'd be in decent position. We saw Boston lost today. They blew a 24 point lead to the Pelicans. The Heat are only two games behind them now for the five spot. They're two and a half behind the Pacers. I mean, they're right there behind the Raptors. I mean, they're just not that far out. They could get to four and three with a very winnable game against an OKC team that actually I think is playing Cleveland beforehand. But then again, the Clippers game should have been had because they weren't playing anybody. And the Warriors game should have been had because they were up 15. I mean, how would you evaluate this trip if they finish it at four and three uh, with a win against OKC? Um, solid, right? And I think that's kind of what, uh, like you said, we all kind of came into this trip thinking, you know, four and three would be a realistic sort of slightly positive for this team, just, you know, headed in the right direction, digging themselves out of the hole that they put themselves in. And obviously partly because of the injuries and the COVID uh, contact tracing and, and everything that happened, all the context. Despite that, those two losses just really tainted the, uh, you know, the whole trip for me. They really did. And I'm, I know they're just two games and it was really tough because it was, you know, two games back to back. And they were two, probably the two worst losses of the season. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm not. I, I thought they were the two worst losses of the season. I thought like 
the fact that it, it happened back to back, you know, the, the Clippers without their four starters and two of them being superstars, uh, the Warriors missing their, their front court with Wiseman and Draymond Green and, you know, just giving up leads and just kind of playing soft and, and complacent uh, on both ends of the floor really tainted it just because it made it so much harder to appreciate, you know, the fact that they have been trending back in the right direction. It's just being able to close out games and stay consistent on a game to game basis has still been remained their problem. And like Leif said, the, the problems they have, although they've been trending in the right direction slightly, they're still there. The offense to me is still the most confounding thing about all of this. And obviously Goron has to do a lot with that, you know, him not being there and providing them a spark when Jimmy isn't on the court, but, there's there's more than that. Like I I think we've we talked about it on other pods, but if your offense is just constantly in the bottom ten of the league, I know it, it I don't know if we're halfway through the season yet, but it's kind of been there for most of the season. And that was their most reliable part of their, you know, their arsenal last year. Something's gotta be done. And I don't feel particularly great about their defense, even though that's been trending better as well. I just think like these this trip didn't do anything to make me feel better about their problems. I'm glad that they'll uh, most likely end up four and three. And I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch because they play down to teams just like they play up to teams. But OKC should be a guaranteed win. They really are devoid of talent outside of like two guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if they do finish four and three, I don't think this is just something that you can leave as is. Well, I think the only positives to take away um, other than obviously getting the win against the Lakers, which we'll get into a little bit more depth, is that so many other teams in the East look flawed. Uh, the Celtics to me look more flawed than the heat because the, I mean, they have a problem where one of their most important players looks shot right now, which is Kemba Walker. He was one of 11 from three. I know he had a decent game the other night. Uh, he took a bad shot at the end and he just looks like a liability. I don't think you could say that the heat's best players look like liabilities. Dragic was not playing at the same level. Maybe as he was in the playoffs last year, but he wasn't that far off from it. And Jimmy and bam, obviously, are playing still at a high level. Bam had one of the the best defensive games I've seen him play, and that's saying a lot. And then Jimmy, obviously, um, you know, you can nitpick with some stuff here and there, the mid-range stuff, some of the passing out, what he shouldn't pass out. But, I mean, three straight triple doubles, and he pretty much played LeBron to a draw or better, which you're going to take every single time. But we're going to talk about Kendrick Nunn later in the episode because I want to save a little bit of time for him and kind of where you go from here with him because 27 points, um, he has been pretty much the Heat's most consistent perimeter scorer for a little while, but let's get into the clutch stuff because, you know, the heat have been traditionally a pretty good clutch team. Um, You know, whatever the criticisms are of Eric Spolstra and some of, you know, putting the ball in Dwayne's hands, maybe when he was past his prime, et cetera, you know, last year they won all the overtime games. Uh, They made plays down the stretch of games to finish. So I decided to look at the numbers today after they had another drought against the Lakers They are right now 30th in the league. That's last in field goal percentage in clutch situations, which are defined by a margin of five or less one way or the other in the final five minutes. They've been in 17 of those situations this year. They're shooting sub 36%, not from three overall. And they're shooting 23% from three, just as comparison, the Utah jazz best in the league are shooting 54% in their clutch situations, which is one of the reasons why they have the league's best record on its surface, Greg, is this simply a continuity issue or do they need to go get somebody from the outside? So there's a couple of things here. There's um, you have to acknowledge that the fact that they've had to play so many different lineups um, 
just the, the like you said continuity and you mentioned you mentioned the utah jazz like they're one of the teams that have been um impacted the least from whether it be COVID or just injuries in general and and lineup changes and uh, when when you have the kind of lineup uh issues that Miami has had. I think that that's going to lend itself to some of this, but not all. I also think that last year um, you maybe had the luxury of um, when Jimmy and Bam got aggressive, you had uh, defenders sagging off of the shooters a little bit more. And now they're maybe a half a second faster to get back. And it's forcing Jimmy and Bam to be far more decisive. And I think that they, um, maybe uh, they didn't anticipate how uh, decisive and aggressive they were going to actually have to be to make this offense work as presently constituted. But like, this is the other thing they need. They need the Kendrick Nunn we saw against LA. They need a player like that every single night. So like whether that's going to be Kendrick Nunn or it's uh, Goran Dragic comes back and he's bubble Goran for the rest of the run, which I mean, that would be a fun story in itself, or they go get it from, from the outside. The point is, is that they need another guy other than Jimmy and Bam, because it's the only way that this thing ever even, you know, starts to look like it's going to work. Well, Alex, last year, that guy was Tyler Harrell in a lot of situations. I mean, he led the team in fourth quarter minutes. Um, He couldn't be on the court in this game because of the hip situation and may keep him out against OKC also. But if Hero is the third option there with Bam and Jimmy, which means in some cases he's the first option if the two of them really don't want to look at the rim, is that enough? And and should they have been better in these situations this year so far? They should absolutely be better. There's no doubt about it. And I agree with everything Leif said, right? Those points he made about the lineup changes, like that is absolutely not insignificant at all. Like you can't develop continuity. Uh, if you, you know, if the lineups are constantly changing, you don't know who's closing, who's not. And I know that the death was always supposed to be a strength. We didn't know who the closing five were going to be, but it was kind of a mess. Now, despite that, again, they need to be a lot better. Like they have, they should be, this should be a team who should be built on punishing mismatches. And I just don't see them do that enough. I think they get really complacent. Like we talked about with Jimmy and Bam kind of, you know, passing out of layups and stuff like that. And I think ideally they want to run the system and they want to kind of not cruise through games. Cause I don't want to make it sound like they're not trying. Cause that's not the case. What they want to do is just kind of, you know, uh, make everybody else around them better and then just kind of hold off until the end of the game when they really have to take. But honestly, like, it, it shouldn't be that that simple. Like, I think it really should be just about reading the game and what comes to you at that time. And like Leif said, it, it, it's forced them to be more decisive and more aggressive. And I think we kind of need Jimmy and Bam, as and as we've all have said, you know, all of Heat Twitter and all of us, we need Jimmy and Bam to be more aggressive as a result because they're trying to shut down the rest of the offense because the whole NBA know, knows that they're trying to get to the three. They're trying to, for, you know, get their shooters good looks because they've got some really good ones. And Kendrick Nunn looks, again, really good in the starting lineup because that's the one thing he can really do is shoot. And, look, if that stuff is getting shut down, it really is that simple. It comes yeah. down to Jimmy and Bam forcing and finding mismatches and punishing them. And that should be something that they should be able to do. Jimmy's really good at it. He did it all throughout the playoffs, especially against the Lakers. You know, KCP and Danny Green, I'm sure – uh, still waking up having nightmares about Jimmy Butler forcing, getting them forced on a switch to guard him because he was just eating them up. And, you know, that's a guy with pretty much being guarded by people taller than him. Like Jimmy is that strong and that good at, at, at you know, for punishing mismatches. Bam isn't there yet. And then because the thing is, Duncan never gets these these crevices anymore where he could shoot. So it's like these guys are all covered up. Jimmy and Bam 
they need to force a switch somehow and get the matchup that they want. I think that's what it's going to come down to is mismatch hunting. The more that I watch this team. Okay, so there's been a lot of talk about the defense, right? And statistically, the defense is still good. I mean, it, it's been better this year than last year. For all our talk about, you know, not putting three bad defenders on the floor, which I think is all accurate and valid, that has not been the biggest problem. The problem has been the offense, and again, it's been the crunch time offense. I, I think a lot of what's happened the end of games is they just can't score. They, they go on these droughts for a long period of time, and so we focus on the defense because the Heat are going possession after possession after possession without scoring, and eventually the other team takes the lead because they simply get so many opportunities to do so. The Lakers didn't last night, but probably should have, but they just missed a lot of those open looks. So I ask you, Greg, and then Alex, you jump in here. What is the five? I mean, obviously Bam and Jimmy are going to be part of it. Is Hero, in your view, still one of those that should be on the floor always at the end? Is maybe Kendrick Nunn at this point? Because it seems like at least he'll be able to get to a mid-range game at times when they need it. Who, If you were to say this is the best offensive group we could put on the floor to fix this crunch time thing, because this is enough of a sample size that they're not good at it this year, what would be the five, Greg? I mean, so if you mean for the game tomorrow or today, I'm if just you're saying generally this, because typically Spolstra likes to get to a closing five with you're maybe, right, and then with and maybe identify one offense defense switch, you know. So we thought maybe it would be Robinson and Iguodala, okay? That would be the offense defense thing when he can get, you know, at a stoppage or something like that. But but tip, what is the offense that would be better than worst in the league, you know, shooting percentage? It's tough to identify, but I, I mean, I would say that Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, I uh, have a feeling that he's going to go with Andre Iguodala as long as he's on the roster. And then that that last player is really matchup dependent, um, depending on what they need. I mean, you could make a case for Kendrick once Gorn is back. I mean, obviously shooting. Um, and, and, and then it depends on opponent and if teams are sizing up or sizing down. And if you have the opportunity to go really small, which I think in some of these playoff series, we're going to end up seeing that more than ever. Um, I, I have a feeling that teams are going to, uh, uh, as much as teams invested in bigs, I think that there's going to be opportunities for in series in the playoffs, particularly for, for, for teams to size down a little bit. So I, I just know those four. So I, I gave you Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, and Iggy. And I guess, I mean, if you're, if you're making me choose one more, I'll go Goran today, but um, it could be Kendrick. It, it, it's tough, but that doesn't really even necessarily solve it. It's just the best five they have now. I mean, for you, is it Dragic or is it Kendrick there? Or is it somebody else? Alex? Honestly, there's no right answer right now. I think Dragic should be the right answer. We don't know what he looks like. Uh, and again, like, I just don't know how we can expect him to play up to the level that he did during the bubble after so many months off when, in, you know, on the contrary, this year they had a, you know, a really short turnaround. He's had the leg injuries. Uh, it just seems like uh, Goran should be the right answer. I would probably still like him to be that guy, but I'm just not sure. I really do think, as we've talked about before for the past year, like it just kind of comes down to, uh, two things, the matchups and who's playing well that night. And so, like, on a night like last night, you obviously leave Kendrick Nunn in. I think, like, he was just playing so well. He's hitting all these shots. And uh, Jimmy and Bam are going to always try to create open looks, like I talked about before. And Nunn is one of those guys who could hit those shots. He was really feeling it yesterday. You leave him in. But there's no easy answer. Like, I just think everybody has their own flaws and, and pros. And they're all kind of similar level players. Like, Warren and Duncan obviously bring two different, completely different aspects of the game to the table. So in that part, I guess it's kind of a luxury. But then at the same time, we can't really fool ourselves into thinking, well, they've got all these options because I don't know that I buy 
you know, I really like Kelly. I really like him playing next to Bam in general. But when we're talking about the playoffs and going against the best teams in the world, I, I don't think Kelly is a, is a long-term or even the short-term guy that you close with. I just well, think Greg, like, you, Greg, you didn't even mention Duncan, though. Right. Like, I mean, Alex threw Duncan in there. I mean, if, if we're not mentioning Duncan here, then how are we even talking about a long-term contract for him? Yeah, no, that's where it gets so difficult because um, I just, I don't see how you can not have Tyler Gorin, Bam and Jimmy on the floor. I feel like those four. Um, and then, so it's just tough to find minutes for Duncan, but to your point, like how do you invest in him and, and how does that shake out? I think maybe the percentage of the cap comes down for guys like Gorn um, in future seasons, but, uh, but you're right. Like, how do you invest in him there? I think uh, Spo trusts Iguodala. So that's a big one. And this may just also come down to that. This is going to be a season where Jimmy and Bam are going to have to uh, just take on that role more than ever. And they're going to have to look for additional options, you know, go forward. All right. We're going to talk about the additional options after the break. I want to get to that. And then I want to get a little bit more in, into Kendrick's game. Before we do though, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And of course that's prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E and bet just about anything. You're betting on single players here in just about every sport. They just, uh, if, you're, if you're a tennis fan, the Australian Open, uh, you could have bet on all of that. Um, you also uh, can choose, I don't know, everything from highlight to soccer. But of course, we push the NBA here. They've got the single stat categories now, too. This is daily fantasy. So you're basically projecting over or under. They'll give you the fantasy score, or again, they'll give you a single stat projection, whether it's, say, 23.5 points. For Jimmy Butler, if you went over the 15.5 for Kendrick Nunn against the Lakers, then you won on that. And then you can pair players from different sports together, from different teams. You can play power play, which means you're all in um, and you're going for all the money there. Or you can go and play a flex play and you get some of your money back because you hedge a little bit. So use the code five. Again, it's prizepicks.com. We've got a ton of people in the network that are now playing. I know Greg's been posting his picks pretty much every night. How'd you do last night, Greg? You do all right? Uh, no, not great. It re- I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> All right, we'll skip over that one. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna start going on a run tomorrow. Uh, and of course, when the NFL comes back in the fall, you can play NFL again as well. They got college basketball too. So go to PrizePicks.com. Use the code five. Make sure you use it. F I V E helps us out, but also you will get a bonus for free. All right, let's get to the next part of this. Um. If, if we're relying right now on Jimmy and Bam to be more aggressive, and we've seen that at times each will be more so Jimmy maybe than Bam, a lot of times it, getting to the line is a factor. That's not really factored as much into what I talked about with the clutch scoring um, in terms of shooting percentage. Uh, but overall, they haven't gotten to the line down the stretch of games as much as they did in previous years either, or at least last. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill year um if 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 basically we don't we're not counting on jimmy and bam to sort of take over it's just not their nature to always do that although like, like i said jimmy's done it more than bam um if you don't necessarily know if hero can be that guy every night if we're sort of arguing whether Dragic is going to be healthy enough or you can use duncan on defense so that you can actually keep him on the floor on offense or whether iguodala is going to hit an open three or going to be respected for an open three, then it does raise the question whether they need to go outside the organization and do something. We've talked about trades um, of the player types of players we've talked about. We had Nikias on, we gave him three different options, Greg. We said, you know, would you rather for this team have a three level scorer, have a four next to bam or another power player next to bam or a point guard. And he said the thing he would want the most is the three level scorer for a clutch offense. Which of those three things would be most important? What do they need the most? I mean, I think it still probably um, comes back to the three-level score because it would help for Jimmy and Bam to not be have to not you know to be relied upon so much. And I just can't help but go back to the light bulb that went off when when Nakia said, you know, um, you kind of need a, a three-level score that's a big-time um, dynamic. Uh, offensive player, but he doesn't necessarily need to be the alpha. And gosh, that sounded like Zach Levine. But you know what? Like, it also sounds like Tyler Hero to some degree, but it's just a question of whether he can get to the level that they need him to get to. And big, I mean, I think in big moments we've seen it, but it's consistent enough um, so that they can rely upon it. And is he ready to? to step up and take on that role. Cause statistically, when you look at it, it looks like he is ready, but in those moments, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's yet, it's yet to be seen. So, I mean, if you're looking outside the organization, I think this is probably the thing that um, would cost the most. So it's going to be the biggest type of trade. And I, I just don't know that it, unless it's a, a really big, you know, Zach Levine level type deal, I, I don't see a player out there that makes a ton of sense that they could acquire that would fill the need that way from a three-level scoring perspective. 
Alex, do you first? Do you agree? Because I want to go back and forth with you on this. Do you agree it's a three-level score, and do you see a, a three-level score that they could acquire without the sort of giving up the farm before the deadline? Oh, and that's the really tough part, right? And I do agree. By the way, I, I listened to that pod, and I agreed with Nikias that I would rank it, and especially you know whether it's uh, crunch time offense or not. The my priorities would be a three-level score first, uh, you know, a four next to Bam second, and uh, you know a, a a point guard or natural point guard third but to me I, I i my i lean towards needing those first two together like i don't i don't want to pick from one of those who i would like a three-level score and a four i know it's probably not realistic but i agree with leif that unless it's for us somebody of the level of zach levine and you know i, I think we haven't really talked about him as much as oladipo and um they're obviously different players right like oladipo isn't as much of a three-level score he's got a little bit of it but he's he's a much better defender than levine is whereas levine is more of just an offensive dynamo he's gotten better at playmaking uh, like Nikias alluded to, he's not as bad on defense. So it just feels like he's just further along in the, in the process than the Tyler Hero, obviously, because he's been in the league a lot longer. And it's a good question that Leif poses, right? Like, I think on the roster, you look at the guys who should be able to fill this role and who have in the past, and it's Goran and Tyler. Goran absolutely filled that role last year during the bubble. Again, I don't think he could play up to that same level where he was literally playing the best basketball in his heat tenure, I think. Um, but you saw what Goron was and how much it helped the rest of the team, Jimmy, Bam, and Duncan, and everybody else, to just kind of focus on what they're supposed to do when Goron is giving you a little bit of everything. Somebody who, when he has a ball in his hands, teams can't go under when, if he runs a screen, like he can get to the basket, he can make passes. And to me, like, I still would like to rely on Goron in the playoffs. I just don't think you can play you can play him that many minutes a game. So if you can get Levine without giving up too much, I think that'll be nice. Again, Oladipo, uh, I think would be nice. I don't know what's going on there, but like, I don't know if those guys are available. So I wouldn't just try to trade for somebody to put them into that slot. I would want somebody who's proven if you're going to be giving up assets for it. And to me, like the four thing is, is a necessity at this point, regardless, even if I am putting a number two, I think they absolutely have to make some type, some type of move there, not only for offense, but also for defense. So the four thing, uh, let's say they can't get a three level score, right? Let's say they can't get a point. Let's say they can't get a point guard who makes sense. Okay. If they were to add a four, let's say that they add a, a Rudy Gay, uh, a Thad Young, um, maybe even a PJ Tucker, who I guess now there's a report that Houston wants a player instead of a pick. Um, if they add one of those type of players at the four, a, who sort of fills the Jay Crowder role to a certain degree, how much, does that help the crunch time offense, the, the clutch offense well, to have that player out there, I guess, ostensibly most of the time instead it, of Andre? It depends on which one you go to. Um, PJ Tucker would not be more helpful. I don't think at all. Um, I think that Rudy Gay of the guys you just mentioned would be the player that probably could slot in and provide them some stuff during the, during clutch moments um, in crunch time uh, that, you know, just offensively speaking um, from that list, if you're talking about a player uh, that they could slot in at the four, so that, that may be a viable option. Um, but, you know, it's slim pickings there, but I, I agree with Alex. It's like one a and one B in terms of in clutch situations, um, because the, the, the three level score is a bigger conversation, but when you talk about the clutch offense, if you really had, um, an upgrade at the four, I, I just feel like it would open things up in ways that, uh, that maybe none of this other stuff, including a point guard would, would really do the same. 
Uh, Rudy Gay. Just take Rudy Gay as an example, Alex. You you insert Rudy Gay instead of Andre Iguodala. How much of a difference does it make? I think it makes a difference for sure because, uh, like Leif said, like he's just you know he's more reliable on the offensive end of the floor. And, and I know you've been tweeting about it too. Like he's still for the role that he plays, he's still a pretty productive player as a fringe rotation player. I think he's a starter level player. You know, not that he has to be a starter. He would absolutely start on this team though. I think, but. Outside of Rudy Gay, obviously these guys, the three you mentioned are different players, but I just think just to boil it down to make it easier for this podcast, I think Rudy is the best offensive player of the three. I think PJ is the best defensive player, and I think Thad Young is kind of in the middle where I think he's good on both ends of the floor. And I just think whichever one of those three you bring in, let's say, you know, from those three, I think it helps, period, on both ends of the floor because they're all two-way players, right? And I think that's really important because you don't have to worry about playing a Kelly or playing an Andre or just playing too many like bad defensive players who can get picked on. And I know that, you know, we mentioned that before they, they've held up as a defensive team. I still don't buy it. Like, I, and I know like they're number eight right now in defensive rating. The Spo has done a great job with that, especially with all the people out. But I just think I don't want to be worrying about choosing between offensive or defensive guys only in, in the, in the playoffs. I want somebody that I could trust on both ends of the floor. Yeah. I think it's really important that we, preface all this trade talk for whatever player that could potentially provide a solution provided that it's a, a a fringe transaction like think about Kendrick Nunn right if you look at his stats right now you would say um like a casual fan who doesn't watch the heat every day would say gosh he's a really valuable player um he's a starter level player look how much he scores he plays really well we've seen the 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 ups and downs of his career and he's had those moments where he's unplayable just always remember that all these guys that are getting shuffled around the league, they have similar stretches every season where they're unplayable or they don't measure up. So I just think it's important to recognize that it's not just heat guys that go through that. And any of these guys have their own warts offensively or defensively. Well, it's a good point to make is, you know, we're not going to devote a lot of time to this on this episode, but if we talk more about DeMarcus cousins this week, that's one of those debates because he's a name He's had enough moments this year that have looked positive. But if you talk to the people who really have watched him, study the tape on him, like Nikias wants nothing to do with DeMarcus Cousins, right? Him so and Blake are washed. I'm just going <laughs> to so, say it. Like, I would, I would take him over Chris Silva, I guess, if you're going to drop him. That, that's my quick take. Mm-hmm. I think they're both washed. You know, try him out. Why not? But I wouldn't depend on either of those guys to be good players. Well, most of the guys, most, the like, injuries, most of the players man, just matter a lot. Taken fl- well, most of the players that the Heat have taken flyers on over the years have not worked out. You know, we talked about the ones who have, but they took a flyer on Greg Oden. It didn't work out. They took a flyer on Eddie Curry. It didn't work out. Ronnie Turioff, I guess, briefly did for his role. But like Zildrunas Ogalskis was toward. I mean, there are guys that are names. They've made all-star teams or they've gotten close to making all-star teams. And so, or they were top, you know, 10 picks like an Oden or a Curry. And, and sometimes they just don't turn out, to, they just don't have anything left, okay? Or they just don't fit. Um, but we like to talk about them because they're big names. I, I don't want to do a lot of cousins here because I feel like we're going to be doing more of it as the week goes on. But your point is taken, Greg. It's not, it, everybody sounds better on paper when you watch, you know, teams play on a consistent basis, you have a different feeling about them. And I think that's the case here. We're going to do a, a brief segment here on Kendrick Nunn. I definitely want to get to him before the end of it. Before we do though, 
Everybody knows that Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. It's the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. The cologne's a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and generally in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and wet, ready for anything. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement, and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Believe it or not, we've sold more of these things than anything else that we've attached ourselves to in the network. So for sure, make sure you check it out. There are some in the network who are still waiting for me to send the boxes. I promise I will this week. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. All right, let's uh, finish this thing up with Kendrick Nunn. 27 points last night. I put up a poll after the game. You can call this recency bias or not. I said, which of these two, if you had to choose one, who's the keeper right now, that poll after 2000 votes is still 50, 50 Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. So we've gone from amazing, right? We've gone from Duncan is virtually untouchable in the minds of some heat fans. Definitely worth paying 18 to 20 million. He's shooting 39% from three on high volume, same volume as last season down a little bit, but still close to 40% from three has improved a little bit defensively makes a few more plays with the ball in his hands. And yet Kendrick, Nunn, a guy who pretty much everybody left for dead two months ago has put himself in a position or said, you know, either we're not going to play him or we're going to trade him has put himself in a position where basically he's neck and neck with Duncan. Is there any scenario, Greg, where you feel that that's the way the organization feels? No, uh, Duncan Robinson is the priority over Kendrick Nunn, um, and whether that's for better or worse. And I, I am aligned with that. I think that it's uh, super recency bias and and getting hyped up. Not, no disrespect, Kendrick Nunn has been great. February has been a kind month for him. He's bounced back in a big way. But still, what Duncan Robinson brings from a shooting perspective, I think that you have to think about what Duncan does as a vehicle to um, – unlock other players on the roster. And I just don't know that Kendrick Nunn does that. And if Kendrick, what you're going to for Kendrick Nunn is buckets. And what you're hoping for is that in the next 12 months, the Heat get another guy on this roster aside from Jimmy and Bam that gets buckets better than Kendrick Nunn does. So in that case, Duncan Robinson just kind of fits the roster better. So I'm not going to get caught up in the short-term stuff right now. Uh, I'm sticking with the Duncan Robinson being more valuable. But one one direction that I don't want to trend, and I feel like it's bubbling below the surface, so I'll address it now. And that's this notion that the Heat will operate above the cap and just retain all these guys on long-term deals. And I just... If that happens, I'm stating it now on February 21st, the timeline is going to burn down on Twitter. Oh, for sure. No doubt. Um, but Alice, I mean, I want to, can you play devil's advocate here at all? Cause I think the general consensus is <laughs> Duncan. Well, but that, no, that, that Duncan a question. I don't know if I can. Well, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> the, what Duncan provides, which is again, that type of gravity, Kendrick Nunn doesn't create that type of gravity, but also, Maybe I'll play the devil's advocate position here. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel uh, like you're, you're, it's well, kind of bubbling I, well, within you. Well, here's the thing. Kendrick Nunn can get baskets when things break down, okay? Um, that's not something you're getting from Duncan Robinson, okay? I mean, Duncan is fighting for space. They're, they're, you know, they're blowing up the DHOs. It's all, you know, all the things we've talked about this season, but he's not going to create anything. Kendrick Nunn, in the same way that Dragic can, can create for you. He can get to that mid-range 
game when that's available. That's not something that Duncan's really added to his game to this stage. And I don't know if, if that's going to be added on a consistent basis. And he can have one of those runs for you where, you know, again, when everything else is stagnant, if Kendrick Nunn is feeling it, I mean, you know, all of a sudden he's got, you know, 15 in the first half on very good efficiency. And the reality is we can talk about, you know, you watch him every day or not watch him. Shooting 49% for a guard in this league, who's That's also huge. shooting a high volume of threes. No doubt. Is no. Per, I mean, his effective field goal percentage is over 57 right now. I mean, literally, he has the same effective field goal percentage as James Harden. I'm, I'm not, for all the Harden fans, I'm not oh. saying he's James <laughs> Harden, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's got a top 30 effective field goal percentage among guards in the NBA. I feel like sometimes we just don't give him enough credit. It's 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 two things. It's one. It's we have to see further consistency. I think the falling off of the cliff in the bubble and how magnified it was in the playoffs when there were games where he just wasn't really part of the mix. I think that that all um, is still fresh on the minds of of Heat fans. And this is the other thing that I just think it it, it you can't. They're not going to be able to escape this if your um. If, if your third option, uh, like at, in terms of a player that's going to bail you out offensively when you can't get anything going and you got to get a shot and he's your shot creator. If after 2021, Kendrick Nunn is your third best guy at doing that, I think most Heat fans are going to be underwhelmed with what took place from a transactional perspective because they're expecting a better player come in to, to, to you know, to be able to provide that. Mm-hmm. And look, Ethan, I, I knew that, setting you up to be the devil's advocate on Kendrick Dunn was going to be good because I think it's good when we disagree. And I disagree there, but just because like, uh, and I'm really not, I know the biases with me and Duncan Robinson, me versus Kendrick Nunn. Like I know I'm going to give Kendrick Nunn a lot of credit here. Like, like you said, the season averages all of a sudden look really, really good. Right. For somebody of, of his role, like he's averaging 14, three and two, when you're just talking about points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, his shooting splits are good. We obviously watch the team all the time. We know the context of the type of player he is. And I think in a vacuum, it is fair to say that Kendrick Nunn is a more skilled player than Duncan Robinson. I just don't buy the impact being similar yet, right? And I think like Leif said, that he nailed the the two different points here that I think uh, are correct, which is about, you know, what you also said was Duncan creates the spacing that makes it easier on everybody else, but also the consistency factor. Like Duncan just being so good at what he does in the lead and always impacting the game just because of that one thing he does so well, I think just makes such a difference. Now, Kendrick Nunn playing at this level, like I can't, I can't say I look at him exactly the same as I did before. Like the the bubble experience is really bad. It was magnified, like Leif said, and we're all just kind of down on him. I think he's absolutely a rotation player now. Whereas before I was wondering if he was, and that's a big jump. I think he's a, he's been a starter level player because as I've stuck to this take for the past year and a half or so, I just think he looks a lot better next to those guys, and I haven't next to Jimmy. Next, next to Jimmy yes. in particular, I he he's for sure he do, he doesn't play well be, without Jimmy. Jimmy, right. yeah, for sure. Jimmy has to be there. It has to be that level of playmaking. But you know, when it's all when it's the rest of those starters, it's just so easy for him because we already know like those shots are going to be there for him, and he is a good shooter, and it makes it easier on him because he doesn't have to create. And that's why I disagree with you. I don't think he's comparable to Goron really. I understand that he could do some mm-hmm. stuff with the ball in his hands, but as a decision maker, even if he has been marginally better, I don't think it's been a significant enough difference. Like if I see Kendrick Nunn in a pick and roll and look, he, he's been doing it decent enough where he just makes the basic reads, but I just don't want to see a lot of it. I understand now, you know, they're mm-hmm. missing Goron, they're missing Bradley, they're missing Tyler. You got to do what you got to do, but I still get nervous when Kendrick Nunn handles the ball. I don't know if that's unfair, 
I think, you know, he can obviously drive to the cup a little bit when he sees an opening. I, I'm just not on, as high on him as I am with Duncan. Like, I just no, think. No, I, I, I get it. But I think that there's two different scenarios here. I think in a perfect to be the world, guy that has to go. That's the, that's where I kind of land on it. Not that I think you have to trade him, but like right. if you're trying to upgrade the roster, especially the way he's playing, like I think he's somebody that a team. Well, especially if they're going to do something with Avery Bradley. But let, let me let me just close because, again, at some point he comes back and Dragic comes back and then there's a squeeze in the backcourt when we're not play, you know talking about playing Gabe Vincent, who to me, other than competing defensively, really hasn't offered much or. Max Struess, who may not be ready for that kind of role. We saw last night, missed eight shots. It was a little bit of an unfair situation. But to me, this is the way that I view the two of them. Duncan Robinson is the guy, when you're talking about the Heat getting to their full offensive potential. Because when he has, when his gravity is working, we know what the numbers look like, okay? And, you know, either he's making shots or he's making things really easy on Bam and Jimmy. So when the sets are being run to completion, when they're not being blown up, Duncan Robinson is the guy you want. But when your offense is a mess, as it's often been this year, and players in and out, and it's scattered, and it doesn't look clean, I'd rather have Kendrick Nunn on the court. Because to me, Kendrick Nunn can create something. I'm not saying he's a great shot creator, okay? But he can create something in that mid-range space and the other places on the floor that Duncan can't. And so when things are blown you know, up... about this? I think Goran and Tyler are better at it than he is. All of those things you're okay. mentioning. Okay, that's but also, I, but, and I think but, Tyler is better in the mid range, by the way. Like, I think Tyler is pretty good there. But, but purely by the, again, maybe this is unfair way to look at it, but purely by the numbers, none's been better than both of them this year. He's also, he's, he's also got a better turnover rate than Goran. Okay. Although, I, again, I know Goran handles it more often, but I'm talking about turnover rate. I mean, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Okay. I, I still think Duncan ultimately, is the having that kind of elite level shooter is harder to find than to find a guy who can score a little bit and sort of change the dynamic there. But I can't overlook it. Like you got a guard shooting 49%, you know, close to 40% from three. Yeah. No, I mean, I, if, if, if all of a sudden Goran goes elsewhere this off season and a couple other things break in different ways, he could end up being a super valuable bench score going forward. There's, there's, there's scenarios where that makes a ton of sense, but Greg, the I don't think he fans have ever embraced them. Can he be the bench scorer when you need him to play with Jimmy? That that's the thing. It's like, you know what I mean? Because Alex, you've made that point. He's so much better in the starting lineup. So if you look at him ultimately as the Goron replacement, he's going to have to figure out a way to play without those starters, right? I mean, that's that's another issue to look at. So I don't think we settled the debate, but I think I'm outnumbered here. Um, I think both of you are going for Duncan. <laughs> anyway, follow Tropical Blanket. Uh, follow Greg Sylvander. Uh, we'll be back. We've got a special episode coming up on Tuesday. Bobby Marks, uh, ESPN's cap guy, is going to join us Tuesday. He's going to take your questions to, through us. But uh, definitely send them to me on Twitter. If you've got any questions about what the Heat can do, can't do, bird rights, et cetera. Also, Bobby you know, can evaluate talent as well. He was in the Nets front office for a long time. So make sure you check that out. Um, Bobby's going to, he's joined us before, but we've got a lot for him. So he's going to join us on Tuesday, trying to answer some basic questions like Greg, I think that's when we get that Struess, you know, <laughs> game time, you know, how, you know, how, how much he can be on the active roster, how much. Yeah, he can exactly. Play. We, we and, we'll, we'll crack the Struess code. <laughs> well, we'll track the Struess code and a whole bunch of other clothes with, with codes with Bobby on Tuesday night, but we'll also have post game on OKC and also uh, the streams will be going pregame and post game. Also check out five reasonsports.com for all your heat t-shirts. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five Reasons sports network. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.